Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Rena Ninen, and we're excited to be back with season four of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, a podcast from Foreign Policy. This season, we're still covering the ingenious ways women and girls are fighting for economic inclusion. So in Uganda, they adopted a quota, and it has ushered in a sea change, a huge number of women in politics. We'll be exploring sectors where women are underrepresented, like fishing and mining. Our research with women has shown us that when they are supported, they often earn 300 times more from the mining sector than from any other sector. But this time around, there's one common theme around all our episodes, the role of male allies. Why are these male allies standing up for gender equality? I sat there and I realized that if I were to have a daughter one day, what kind of father am I going to be? And how do they influence men and boys? If we're able to convince men that respecting women is a aspect of African culture, then maybe we'll be able to get those people to begin to think more carefully about resisting women's rights as a Western thing. Engaging boys and men is so important and thinking who are the influencers? Hannah Brixie, the Global Director of Gender at the World Bank, talked to me about the importance of male allies at Foreign Policy's Her Power Summit, an annual gathering of female thought leaders. They found one group to be particularly effective in changing men and boys' attitudes towards gender equality. The group? Local religious leaders wow. who then influence the boys and, and men. And it makes a difference. We have done impact evaluations showing that the boys start to think differently about child marriage and yeah. the role of women. So we decided to start there with male religious leaders. Reporter Eunice Mina brings us this story from Kenya. My day has just started with the morning devotion led by religious leaders here in Nanyuki town. Nanyuki is well noted for its large and small-scale farms, ranches, pastoral lands, as well as wildlife conservancies. The Maasai are the main community within Laikipia County. They are a nomadic people, and most of them are herders. It's a large community with various levels of education. I'm visiting a more urban area, where many children are in school up until they are 18. But still, Child marriage is a common practice within some of the communities here, and women are still not seen as equal to men. I'm in Nanyuki to meet up with Pastor Charles Njogu, a religious leader as well as a male champion of women. He's the leader of a movement called Men for Women Champions in Laikipia. The movement began with support from Groots Kenya with the aim of supporting women running for political office. Pastor Charles felt a calling to help the community initially to combat HIV. I found that uh, our community had a lot of problems and I developed a passion to serve. 
but it's while he was trying to address some of the health needs, he saw women had little to no opportunity to find economic independence. Because when men died, women were being disinherited. They could not even take ownership of the properties that were left by the husbands. It looked like uh, women don't have any right, and that is where we started. Pastor Charles was also concerned by the widespread problem of gender-based violence as well. In 2012, he recognized he needed the help of other men to change the status quo in Nanyuki. The movement focused a lot on mentoring men in order to help them understand the importance of empowering women within their communities. If men are not included in supporting women empowerment, then empowering women will be in vain. And that's where, uh, with the help and support of uh, Groots Kenya, I got a chance to become a champion. Groots Kenya is a national movement of grassroots women-based groups. Its aim is to support women competing for political and leadership positions throughout Kenya. Groots Kenya supported Pastor Charles with training and helped him bring in more volunteers like Peter Kamau. So many women want to be in a political leadership. But the challenge start on the uh, household, ranging from the man. They don't recognize the leadership in women. The problem that Pastor Charles and Peter kept seeing is that women were not being supported by their husbands or sons. They saw women empowerment as a threat to themselves. So men for women began a process of engaging with men in the community to help them see why it was beneficial for everyone to give women more opportunities. We have been doing it in three spheres, economically, socially, and even politically. Most of our men totally believed that women do not have rights. And in fact, it was not an easy thing. We influenced these men to understand and believe right from their heart that we cannot realize transformative leadership while we have kept our women aside. In simple terms, many of these men could only envision women as cooking or doing household chores. What Men for Women did was hold sessions for men to advocate for allowing women to work outside the home and bring in more income by starting a business or getting a job. Where they found success is when they could show that more income for the family benefits everyone. I had to use mentoring uh, from the uh, module of transformative leadership to overcome some of the cultural beliefs that are against women empowerment. But also men for women is seeking political change as well. This is Peter Kamau. I am a champion, men for women, because I have worked with so many women in leadership and especially the last uh, general election which has supported two women. One of those women was Veronica Ikonywa. She told me why she wanted to be in politics. I come from Laikipia County. Um, I'm a mother of three boys and I'm married. A leadership, I think it's in me because um, when I was in high school, I was a head girl and there was a lot of insecurity. So I decided to bring a security near us by constructing a, a police post in the village and people are happy and women were like, ah, go for leadership in the politics, leadership, go for politics. You can make it. Veronica first tried for office in 2007 
but she lost. She said one of the factors was that the political party she joined was not popular in the area. But Veronica didn't give up. So I decided to go again 2013. I did not lose hope. So 2013, I tried. I also joined another party that was not also popular, so I lost it. Fortunately, Veronica had something many women in this area lack: the backing of the men in her family. They believed in her. My husband is also a, a good supporter, so I told him that I still have that urge and I still need to get that seat because I want to work for this community. And I want to show people that even women can make it. So I said I will go for it until I get it. The next opportunity came in 2017. This is when Men for Women got involved. Peter, along with other male volunteers, did things like accompanying Veronica as she campaigned, which both provided her protection and helped convince other men to give her a chance. They also assisted Veronica and other candidates in writing their position papers as well as helping them prepare for debates we witnesses a lot of discrimination and uh, financing lack of finances among the candidates during the campaign there was a lot of challenges because uh, when you go to a meeting you'll see people are like uh, okay they they are not excited to see you coming as they are excited to see um, a man leader coming you feel yourself you know you are human being uh, other challenges is like uh, insecurity you can't go at night because i have to cook for my children i have to take care of my family so at night again it's it's, it's risky still despite these challenges veronica with the backing of men for women and groups won a seat in the county assembly becoming the first woman to get the seat in nanyuki ward i went with a strong party and i win with uh, overwhelmingly with so many votes unfortunately veronica was not able to hold on to her seat in the 2022 elections but still gains have been made for women in rural communities veronica says she's proud to see other women make gains and she's a strong voice for the next generation of female leaders i asked her what she would tell girls in school today First of all, I would advise them that it is not easy, but we cannot just let it go. All these good things in this country, they are ours. Let's go for it and we should not fear. Peter Kamau and Pastor Charles are also encouraged but know that there's still a lot of work to be done for women equality in Kenya. It's a wake up call to them. Pull up, always try, 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 and even the woman can do good than uh, maybe uh, uh, the other gender when it comes to leadership Pastor Charles Njogu agrees without gender equality all without even recognizing the contribution of our women in our society we cannot realize the level of development that we want for the hidden economics of remarkable women Amunis Maina Next, we'll hear from a Nigerian prince and how he influences religious and traditional leaders across the continent. More on that after the break. 
Let's face it, money is the one subject we all need to deal with, but no one actually wants to talk about. The good news is there's a podcast helping you learn everything about money no one taught you. Meet Everyone's Talking Money, hosted by me, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money and just helps you get in a better relationship with your money no matter what your goals are. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, a production of Foreign Policy. I'm Rena Nainen. Prince Adelike is a real African prince. He's from the Akoko Kingdom in Ondo State, Nigeria. In addition to being royalty, he's on the executive steering committee of Kotla, the Council of Traditional Leaders of Africa. They largely work to end violence against women and girls. When I spoke with Prince Adelike, who was sitting near his family, he shared how he approaches religious and traditional leaders about tough subjects like female genital mutilation, also known as FGM, as well as child marriage. How did you decide to get involved? So for me, I have a passion because of what my mom went through. And for her, I felt she should be in a, a leadership role that is better than you know what she currently is in. And what, what I mean by that is she had a very fantastic career in the aviation industry. And at the very young age, when they had us as you know, children, she had to resign her job to take care of us. So every time I look at her, uh, it always comes to my mind, what if she actually had the opportunity to reach her full potential? This is one of the things that motivate me personally towards this course. How do you engage male traditional leaders to convince them to end these long practices that have long been held like female genital mutilation or child marriage when they've been such a intrinsic part of culture. How do you get men to rethink that? I wouldn't just sit down and tell you that it's easy. It's just like you telling a child that has known all of his years how to walk, you know, and all of a sudden you're trying to tell the child that, no, you shouldn't be walking. You should actually be flying. So it's actually not as an easy process, but what we do is we, we engage through capacity buildings. We have workshops with the, the support of the UN women. They've supported a lot of these workshops. And also, you know, we also have town hall meetings in my domains. So we have men and we share some of this discussion. And initially, some of them are always, you know, not very happy about it. There always resistance that, you know, why this? But at some time, you begin to get one or two progressive. And we begin to work on it and begin to build the momentum. And we also have like a network also of young traditional leaders, when I mean princes and princes across Africa, that we work together. Luckily, most of our traditional leaders and rulers have listening ears. They want to change things. You've had a number of meetings with a combination of traditional leaders, royalty in the room, religious leaders. What have you found convinces these men? to change their perspective on women and women's inclusion in the workforce? What really gets them to rethink the way they've been approaching things? The first step is to also first make them understand that you appreciate their culture. But however, there are some areas, you know, that you might need to change. For example, in most of these engagements, we start by, you know, taking them down an emotional lane whereby we can give them pictures of some of you know the harmful practices that the culture has caused when you see 
women, you know, that have gone through so much in terms of their health issues. Then you have some live witnesses that come and share their testimony, you know. So when you start with that and touch their soul, because we are all human beings at the end of the day. So by the time they are able to see some of this, it's always easier to come to them and to share some of the thoughts, things that we feel should be changed. And also sometimes it's also always good to look at some alternative rites of passage when it comes to the customs, you know, mm. some, some other ways whereby you can do things that are different. We had instances where we started conversations and everybody just left the room. But at the end of the day, everybody will come back and, you know, reason with each other. So it's actually a tug of war sometimes. So in those moments where people have walked out and left the room, why did they do that? Yeah, it's, it's just because as human beings, you know, we always resistance to change because traditional institutions, they are the custodians of culture, passing down this culture down. So each traditional leader that is now a custodian of that culture. So their duty is to preserve the culture. The duty is to hold on to the culture. Now, you now have, you know, some advocates now coming to now tell you that what you've been holding down, what has been passed down to you from generations is wrong. So initially there'll be a resistance, but later when they understand where you're coming from, then it becomes easier to proceed. So in all these meetings you've attended, what do you think is really the most effective method to convince male traditional leaders to stop those practices? The most effective method is having a capacity building workshop because really they need to understand these things. So that is the most, if it's a one-on-one, face-to-face, let's sort this out kind of thing. You know, we need to look, look at ourselves and we need to share, you know, uh, this information and need to tell them, you know, that this is it. So it's really not something that has like a box of tricks that you need to do something spectacular, but just coming to the realization that this is wrong and we need to change it. We need to look ourselves in the eyes and tell ourselves the truth. And we need to share them in a way. Of course, interacting with traditional leaders, I must say, they don't want to feel disrespected in your approach. And when it comes to us, the way we communicate in Africa is quite different. You know, a little bit, we communicate with a lot of respect. So as long as we are making our points in a respectful manner, but we are standing on our ground to say uh, we feel this should be changed, then it becomes easy for us to convince. What changes have you seen with your own eyes by being a male ally for gender equality? Yeah, there have been so much changes because, you know, initially most of this advocacy was by women. But now when you also have traditional leaders as advocates, you have male as advocates. I think, for example, one of the states in Nigeria recently, they now have a female traditional leader that was appointed and given uh, a certificate of recognition by the governor. This is a state whereby um, things like that is very hard for all those things to come by. Prince Adelike, I want to thank you very much for joining us for your perspective on how we can get religious and cultural leaders to also be part of change. Thank you very much, Rina. It's been my pleasure having this chat with you. That was Prince Adelike of Akoko Kingdom in Nigeria. He's on the executive steering committee of Kotla, the Council of Traditional Leaders of Africa. Next week on the podcast... What's the best way for women to gain more political representation? We'll hear what happened when one country implemented gender quotas with mixed success. And we are now having men saying, ah, no, 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 this is now not acceptable to us.
the story of Lesotho's efforts to bring more women into politics, what worked and what didn't. That's next week. And that does it for today's show. The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women is a production of Foreign Policy, and it's made possible through funding in part from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women is hosted by me, Rena Nainen. Our show is produced by Rosie Julin. Our senior producer, Laura Rosbrow-Tellum. Rob Sachs is our managing director. Claudia Tady is our marketing manager. And Eunice Mina contributed reporting for this episode. We'd really love to hear your thoughts about the show. If you fill out our listener survey, which is in our show notes of this episode, you can put your name in the drawing for a $100 gift card. Thanks again. We'll be back in your feed next week.